remarkable we think about the story of our Lord Jesus. Let's stand together. And if you're redeemed this morning, this song says, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. So with a smile on your face, let's worship the Lord and share it. Be seated, please. Good morning, Bryansburg. We want to welcome you today. So glad to see so many of you here with us this morning. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Bryansburg Baptist Church. We want to welcome those of you who are joining us through television or through Facebook Live. And again, this morning, if you're joining us on Facebook, uh, we'd love for you there in the comment section to know. Uh, to let us know of your attendance with us, to put your name there, and just so we can know you're with us today. Also, any prayer requests that you might have, any other needs, and uh, we are so very glad that you have joined us today. And for those of you, this might be your first opportunity to be with us here in the Worship Center. We'd like to welcome you as well, and you'll notice there in the pew in front of you, uh, you'll see that card. If you'll take that out, fill it out, and place it in the uh, offering plate in the back in the, on the middle table, we appreciate that. helps us to know of your attendance and how we might be able to minister to you and your family in the days ahead we do have a lot going on i hope that you have read your bulletin uh it is some smaller print this week because there are so many things that we have going on as a church family and that's exciting and uh, so i hope that you have uh, seen those things that pertain to you and your family uh, for our students in sixth through twelfth grade they'll be heading out right after the service to go to princeton uh, for judgment house we'll be having lunch and then they'll go to judgment house at Southside baptist there in princeton and uh, again so glad to see many of our students with us this morning and I would just go ahead and meet over in the activity center. And if you need to change clothes or whatever else, you can do that. And then we'll leave uh, just as soon as everybody gets together over there in the activity center. Uh, also notice that we have our Harvest Festival coming up this Saturday. And if you'd like to help in any way and he hadn't already let us know, uh, let Brother Rockney know about that. And uh, certainly can use as much help as possible. As what an awesome opportunity that is for us as a, as a church family 
to be able to reach out to the families within our community and to be able to just have a fun evening, to be able to have conversations and build relationships. And so if you'd like to help with that on Saturday night, we certainly would love for you to plug in and be a part of what God's going to do in that ministry. Also looking forward to our revival services that will be starting next Sunday morning. Uh, if you would, I, I'd encourage you to be with us Wednesday night at 6.30, from 6.30 to 7, right before our Discipleship University classes. Uh, we'll be having that special prayer time as we did this past week, and uh, praying for Brother Richard, praying for um, everyone that will be a part music-wise, praying for all of our, uh, all of our visitors, and, and most importantly, praying that the Lord might bring revival into our hearts and into our lives. And so, looking forward to that. Uh, of course, you see all the special services that will be coming up during revival. Um, Sunday night of next week will be uh, youth night. Then Monday night we'll be having our fellowship meal here at the church. Uh, Tuesday we encourage you to get a friend and take them out to eat and then bring them to the service. And then Wednesday night, of course, is our children's night. And so looking forward to a great revival week. And uh, just begin inviting, begin uh, letting folks know. We'll have a, a, a big advertisement coming out on Facebook this week. And share that, let folks know about it. And uh, looking forward to what God has to do within our church family during that time together. Um, also, a couple other things going on the, uh, this afternoon here in Marshall County. Uh, this is Exceptional uh, Sunday, and so the Exceptional School is inviting you to drop uh, by uh, this afternoon from 1 to 3, and always a good time to be able to encourage them in that ministry that they have. And then also, you'll see there in the bottom of the bulletin, uh, Gary Smith will be retiring from his time uh, leading music over there at New Harmony. And so um, they're having a, a fellowship time for him, a reception uh, for him, and that'll be from 1.30 to 3 over at New Harmony, and they're inviting all churches uh, to let, let folks know if you'd like to uh, let Gary know about well wishes and, and that you're praying for him. And in his next step, uh, let, let, uh, we want to let you know about that today. Uh, certainly do have many on our prayer list today, many who are in need of prayer, but in particular, uh, we want to lift up the Turner family. Mitchell passed away this morning uh, and about 7 o'clock, and uh, let Patsy know uh, that we would pray for them in a very special way. It's a very difficult time for their family, and uh, so we'll do that at this time as well. Let's go to the Lord and pray together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for the opportunity to come and to spend this time in worship together, to lift up our hearts and our voices to you in praise. Lord, to come and to have the opportunity to pray and to know not only do you hear us, but Lord, you respond to us, and Lord, you meet the needs that we have in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, you give us opportunities as we pray uh, to see you at work, and we thank you for that. And Lord, this morning we do recognize that we have many who are hurting, many families that are struggling with, uh, with health issues, with financial issues, Lord, um, families that are just struggling with relationships that are broken. Uh, Lord, we pray for the lost today uh, who uh, may be with us, who may be watching on television or on Facebook Live, but uh, Lord, recognize that today they, they don't yet have a relationship with you. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that they be here this morning, uh, wherever they may be, Lord, that they would recognize that you love them, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, and Lord, that they might repent of sin and turn to you uh, by faith and, and be saved. Lord, this morning we want to lift uh, the Turner family to you and the home going of, of Mitchell, Lord. It's, it's been a, a long, long illness. He has uh, been through so much, and Lord, we're just so thankful to know that he's at home with you today, but Lord, uh, it's still so difficult for uh, family here that has to let go for this for this season. And Lord, we pray for them. 
Uh, Lord, we, we pray that you might comfort as only you can. And the Lord, that you might continue to give us opportunities to be your hands and your feet in ministry to them in the coming days that will be difficult. And uh, Lord, most importantly, we recognize that when we go through any trial in our life, Lord, to know that you are right there with us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. Lord, we are so thankful uh, because of this relationship that we have with you, Lord, that we are safe in this life and in the next. Lord, we are secure in you. And Lord, just help us to remember that. Uh, help all that are going through a, a stormy uh, season of life right now, help them to continue to remember your faithfulness. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's sing a love song to Jesus. Stand with me. It's called Moments Like These. Just chance to tell Lord how much we love you. This just a love song to Jesus in this good day. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song. song to Jesus. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. In moments like these, I lift up my hands. I lift my hands to the Lord. From your heart, sing, sing. This morning, as we begin this time of worship together, we want to give you the opportunity to spend some time in prayer and to come to this altar and to lay down whatever the burdens or the concerns of life may be. Uh, for some, it may be that difficult diagnosis that was received this week. It may be 
uh, an issue going on in the family. It may be that we want to lift up the opportunity to be able to share the gospel uh, with our one, with our two, with our three, the Lord's laid on our hearts that we'd be able to share with. And uh, just to be li- able to lift them up and to recognize that uh, we can trust the Lord with that, that uh, if we'll be faithful to go and share, that the Lord has told us that, uh, that those efforts will be fruitful. And so this morning, whatever the needs of our hearts may be, uh, we want you to know that you can come. And so with every head bowed and with all eyes closed, we want you to know that the altar is open at this time. Come, let's spend some time in prayer together. Father, as we come before you this morning, we recognize that there are many needs as we enter in to a service on a Sunday morning. That, Lord, the church family, we bring in hurts. Lord, we bring in pain. We bring in heartbreak. But, Lord, as heavy as that seems and as as daunting as, as so many of those issues may appear before us, Lord, when we compare them to who you are, they pale in comparison. Lord, we are so thankful that we have a God who is far greater than anything that we may face. And your love is far greater for us. And so, Lord, this morning we give all of those needs over to you. And, Lord, we trust you with them. And, Lord, we're so thankful that as we lay down burdens, Lord, we don't have to take them back up again. Because, Lord, you are more than adequate to take them from us and to carry it for us. And so, Lord, for the family that's hurting because of a illness, Lord, we pray that you would bring healing. Lord, for the family that's hurting because of broken relationships, we pray that you would bring reconciliation. Lord, for the family that's hurting because of financial concerns, we know that you're the great provider. Lord, for the family that's hurting this morning because of, of loss, we know that you are the comforter. But most importantly, Lord, we know this morning that you are the God of salvation. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you that while we were yet still in our sin, that he came and he died for our sins. And on the third day, he rose from that grave. And Lord, we're so thankful that in in a relationship with you, that, that we recognize that no matter what we're going through, that ultimately everything truly will be more than okay. It's, it's going to be perfect because Lord, we are in you and your plan for us is perfect doesn't mean that it'll always be easy it doesn't mean that it'll always be comfortable but it is a perfect plan for our life and so Lord we trust you and this morning I pray that you would speak as only you can through your word stir our hearts Lord speak to us show us where we need to be corrected show us where we need to be encouraged Uh, but most of all Lord if there's be one here today that doesn't yet know you we pray that you would bring salvation into this place for the many who may need to enter into that relationship for the very first time. Fortune Jesus name. Affairs. When I heard a commotion, a 
couple streets over, wondered what was happening there. A young man came running from in that direction. He stopped just to catch his breath. I asked him, please tell me what was the hurry. He smiled up to me and he said, I was trying to catch the crippled man. Did he run past this way? He was rushing home to tell everyone what Jesus did today. And the mute man was telling myself and the deaf girl he's leaving to answer God's call. It's hard to believe, but if you don't trust me, ask the blind man, he saw it all. Ask the blind man, he saw it all. My friend, if the troubles and burdens you carry are heavy and dragging you down, and you've tried everything you could possibly think of, but there's no relief to be found. This very same Jesus who altered the future of the blind man, the deaf, and the lame. He's still reaching out in your hour of trouble. One touch and you're never the same. You'll be trying to catch the crippled man. Did he run past this way? He was rushing home to tell everyone what Jesus did today. And the mute man was telling myself and the deaf girl he's leaving to answer God's call. It's hard to believe, but if you don't trust me, ask the blind man, he saw it all. Ask the blind man, he saw it Yes, he saw it all. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tim. Aren't you glad it was him and not me? <laughs> I heard an amen. I don't appreciate that. Amen. Though, aren't we glad that we serve a God who can do the impossible, who is in the, who is in the business of doing the impossible? And one of the impossible things that he did is he saved a sinner like me and changed me so I'm no longer a sinner, but I am now a saint. I'm now a child of God. And if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's true for you as well today. You are not just an old sinner. You are a saint. You're a child of God, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose for your life, and that's an exciting truth this morning. If you will, turn with me to 1 Peter as we continue this study. Uh, actually, we're going to be wrapping up in 1 Peter. We'll go to 2 Peter next week, but in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 this morning, 1 Peter chapter 5, and looking at verses 5 through 10 as we look at the, at the concept of joining the resistance. And uh, this morning, as you turn there to 1 Peter chapter 5, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. 
Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to come together and to worship and to be reminded of who you are and, and the work that you do in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, that it is an impossible work, uh, Lord, but it's, it's made possible because we serve a God who uh, makes all things possible. And so, Lord, we come to you and, Lord, we recognize that before uh, you came into our hearts and into our lives, Lord, that we, we had nothing good to, to offer to you. We had nothing of worth. We had nothing of righteousness but because of your great love, while we are yet still sinners, you sent Jesus Christ to die for us. And, Lord, we are so thankful for that because, Lord, you did a work that we could never do. And, Lord, as we come before you this morning, we recognize that because of that work that you've done within us, Lord, that we can now do impossible things. Uh, Lord, we can now make a, a difference in the world around us. Lord, we can, we can resist uh, all that is coming at us from, from, a, uh, from a broken world. And so, Lord, today... I pray for individuals who are here who are hurting, and I pray that you would just speak encouragement into the hearts and lives. Uh, Lord, I pray for those who are lost today, and I pray that you would speak life into them, Lord. I pray that they would recognize their sin, they would not repent, and they might turn to you by faith and be saved. I know that I am a very weak vessel today, and I pray that you might hide me behind the cross, that only you would be seen, and only you would be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning, I'd like to make a little bit of a confession to you. Uh, when it comes to, to movies, I, I'm, I'm kind of one who, who likes superhero movies. And that, some people are like, well, that's just silly. But I do. Uh, I like a good superhero movie. I like the Star Wars movies. I like, I like the uh, Lord of the Rings types of movies. Not really a superhero movie, but, but that type of movie. Uh, really, I'm just, I guess, a fan of the good old good versus evil. White hats versus the black hats. And, and I enjoy that. I, I love it when, when you start the story. Uh, and seemingly there is no hope uh, and, and through that story they, they seem to be facing insurmountable odds it just seems like nothing could be made right because of, of, of what is going on and then all of a sudden because of, of what transpires through that story the good guys prevail in the end that, that's the kind of movie that I enjoy um, but I wonder this morning do you ever feel like you're living out that script like you're living out the script of, of, of one of those movies or, or one of those stories in a book in your life today. Do you ever feel like that you're facing some pretty insurmountable odds in the world that we're living in today? Last week we focused on the fact that this world, this is not our home. That we are aliens and strangers, that we are pilgrims in this world. The current culture hates us. Because they hated him. And because we are children of God, because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are and will be under attack from the enemy. There will be attack from all sides. And you might consider giving up at times if you hadn't already read the end of the book. Because we find out at the end of the book that we have already won. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. And that should give us great assurance. The Lord has assured us in his word that better times are ahead. The psalmist reminds us that in spite of the prosperity of the wicked, seemingly, that the righteous will be vindicated. And Brinesburg, there are times when we find our lives seemingly under attack from the enemy. And seemingly there is no way of escape. It just seems like we are doomed. Sometimes it seems like we have simply lost all hope 
lost our desire to go on for God, and there are times when we just want to give up. This is the part of the story where the good guys have to be reminded that there is something worth fighting for in all the darkness. You know that moment in the movie where, where it just seems so dark. and in, in a trilogy, it's the second movie where it seems there is no hope. For many of us, I believe this morning, that's where you're at. That's where many of us are. We're in that place where we need to be reminded that there is something worth fighting for. But more than just a Hollywood script, we have the inerrant and infallible word of God that promises us that we have a great hope in our God. And when everyone seems to simply be bowing down to the enemy, he tells us to be bold and to join the resistance and to watch how he will use our lives. Please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Let's, let's hear what Peter has to say. First Peter, First Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all you must be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish strength, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So how do we resist? He shows us here in this passage of scripture. Resist your will and surrender to his. Assume the place of submission. We live in a day when men are all seeking their own way. But the child of God who wants to please the Lord will learn to allow God to have the place of preeminence in his life. In fact, that's what Paul tells us there in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. But also assume the place of slavery. Now, if that doesn't make you take a step back, I don't know what will. But that's what we're called to here in this passage. We are to assume that place of slavery. He says, clothed with humility. It literally means to wear the apron of a slave. True humility before the Lord merely means assuming the place of a slave. And that's what Jesus did in the upper room. Jesus knew that he was about to go to the cross. Jesus knew that he was about to um, assume the sin of the world upon himself, that he might pay our sin debt, that the one who knew no sin would become sin, that we might know the righteousness of God, that we, that we might be saved. And in, in the midst of, of knowing all of that that was before him, in the upper room, as the disciples are bickering and, and arguing, as they so often did, thankfully as Baptists we don't ever do that, amen? In the midst of all of that, 
Jesus looks around and he realizes that every single one of those disciples have dirty feet. And not a one of them is going to be willing to humble themselves and take upon themselves the position of a slave. So Jesus girds himself up, takes the towel, takes the basin of water, and he begins to go to those disciples and he begins to lovingly go to each one and he takes their feet and he washes their feet and he dries their feet with that towel. Do you know who was among those disciples whose feet Jesus washed? Judas. He washes Judas's feet because Jesus understood what it meant to submit, what it meant to humble oneself. And so when we're called upon to, clothe, to be clothed with humility, it, it means that, that we are to take that place of the slave. In other words, I have no will but his will. Do we, you get that? That's, that was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It wasn't about his will. It was about the Father's will. Not my will, but yours be done. I have no plans, but my plans, I have, I, but his plans. I have no desire, but, but his desires. We, we're called to be bond slaves, to be servants, to be bond servants to him. But also accept the plan of the sovereign. If we can learn the way of humility, then the Lord will lift us up in his own way. As long as we seek to promote ourselves, though, we will never amount to much for the glory of God. And we see that in, uh, in ministry many times. There are those who want to lift up their name and, and build up their ministry and, and, and have people point to them and, and sadly see how that comes crumbling down. It is only when a ministry is based upon the Lord Jesus Christ that it really accomplishes anything of eternal significance. And he says, if you will humble yourself, then... I will exalt you. When we turn loose of our lives and willingly place ourselves under the lordship of Christ, he will use us for his glory. But secondly, look with me there at verse 7. Resist worrying and trust him. I wonder this morning, does anybody here this morning ever have any issues in the area of worry? I think most of us would have to say, yeah, I'm in that camp. I'm in that camp. But resist worrying and trust him. Conclusively, he says casting. That verb refers to the act of throwing or casting something. It's in the form that refers to a one-time deal. We are, we are told here to once for all throw our burdens on Jesus. And when the worries of life press us down, we do not have to bear them alone. But thank God there is one who is stronger than we are and, and he can carry that load Church, that's, that's why I tell you week in and week out as we come here to this altar uh, at the beginning of the service or at the end of the service, there's, there's a burden that you bring to this altar. Leave it there. Don't try to take it. Here, here Jesus, I want you to have this for, for the two or three or four or five minutes that I'm praying, but I'm going to put it back on and take it back to the pew with me and then I'm going to take it home with me. Leave it here. Cast your burdens on him and trust him with them. And that means also, secondly, completely. Completely. Notice how much of our burden we're supposed to give to the Lord. All of your cares. 
He tells us to give him everything. We are not... We are not so much as to keep even the smallest part of that burden for ourselves. We're told to give it all over to Jesus, but also confidently. So how do we do this? With the absolute confidence that he will take care of us. When we are burdened, it touches the heart of God, and he is moved on our behalf. Notice that this verb is in the present tense, active voice, and in the addictive mode, uh, you may wonder what that means. Uh, it, it's, it's significant. Present tense means ongoing activity. The active voice means the Lord himself is involved. And the indicative mode means that it is a fact. Put it all together and we find that Jesus Christ himself is actively involved in caring for us. So, why the interest in us? Well, He's made quite the investment in you. Do you understand that? Do you understand what Jesus Christ has invested in you? His blood, his life. He absolutely gave everything to purchase you out of that sin debt. He gave everything. And so since he has given such an investment, he desires to see you thrive. He will see to the needs that arise in your life because he cares about the issues of your life. He cares about what you're going through. So trust him. But look at verses 8 and 9. Resist fighting in your strength and fight in his. We're told that we need to be sober and vigilant. That means that we need to get serious about some things, especially where the devil is concerned. Who do you think wants to defeat you this morning? Who do you think is actively in, interested in seeing that you fail? Who do you think is working against you every day of your life? Yet as we strengthen our walk with the Lord, we will see the path to victory over the devil. So be serious about the devil's reality. That's important for us as believers. Be serious about the devil's reality. This verse refers to a being that most of the world would say doesn't exist. That he's just made up in, in a fairy tale. However, just in case there's any confusion in your mind, the devil is real. He is very real. Jesus declares that he is real. The Bible declares that he is real. God declares that he is real. Therefore, he must be real and he's someone that we must be aware of here he is called adversary that word means an opponent an enemy he's also called the devil that name means slanderer it means the the false accuser this is the same one who attacked the character in the name of of job you remember um, the devil comes before god and uh, and he, he begins to to talk and and God says, have, have you considered Job? He's a righteous man. And the devil begins to say, well, he's only righteous. He's only doing those things because of what he gets, because he's been blessed, because he thinks if he keeps it up, he's going to get something out of it. And, and so he, he slanders the name of Job. And he's still that same old devil that he always was. And he hates you, and, and he wants to see you fall. He, he, he wants to see you fall because he wants to see the name of our father tarnished 
So the sooner we come to realize the truth of Satan's reality, the sooner that we will see the need to strengthen our walk with God. That we, we don't need to go it alone, that we need to be where the Father is. So be, be serious about the devil's ferocity. The devil is compared here to a roaring lion in this verse. Now why a lion? Well, there are some similarities between the devil and a lion. First, lions are forceful. They are 14 to 21 times stronger than a man. Satan is far stronger than we are as well in, in our own strength, in, in our own abilities, in the flesh. Satan is far stronger than we are. We cannot fight him in our own strength. In fact, even Michael, the archangel, uh, wouldn't fight the devil himself. Jude 9. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Even the archangels say, hey, I'm going to let Jesus deal with this one. Because the devil is, he's fierce. And I'm going I'm to allow the one who's the champion to deal with him. But lions are also ferocious. A mature lion can consume 30% of his own body weight at one setting. They're famous as the king of the beast, as the king of the jungle. And all those who encounter them treat them with fear and respect. If we are trusting in Christ for our deliverance, then we need not fear him, but we must remain aware that he does have power that is far superior than our own natural abilities in the flesh. He is ferocious. He's a ferocious foe who is never satisfied with his conquest. He feeds on the carcasses of the fallen ones and he rises to hunt more. Never satisfied. But also, lions are fearful. A mature lion's roar can be heard five miles away. Lions do most of the roaring at night. And the reason that they roar in the first place is to create fear. To create fear in the hearts of those who hear that roar. And th this is just what the devil does to us. He roars to create fear in the hearts of God's children. Why? Because fear paralyzes faith. And if he can get us fearful, if he can get us thinking, well, I'm not sure God can... Can, can really get me out of this, so I'm not sure that God can protect me from this, then, then, then we're paralyzed. Our faith will be paralyzed. If the devil can get you to listen to his roar, then he can keep you from hearing God's word. And if he can paralyze your faith, then he can then attack your life. But also, be serious about the devil's susceptibility. And this is important. And this is the good news. The good news about the devil is that he can be defeated by the child of God because he's already defeated. The secret to overcoming him and, and, and changing his roar into a harmless meow is to resist him. Resist him. That word means to stand up against the devil as a, as a bully has to be punched in the nose. That's what we have to do. We have to resist the devil. Be steadfast in your faith knowing that the Lord has already defeated the devil and the victory for the child of God is found in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we're not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. And so you don't have to be 
another, another casualty in this fight. Don't let him have your honor. Don't let him have your family. Don't let him have your life or anything else that he's after right now. Stand against him and see the victory. You can resist him and you can see him defeated in your life. Learn the truth that if you resist him, he will flee from you. The problem is all too often the child of God doesn't have any interest in resisting the devil. Because if we will resist him, he will flee from us. Learn that true victory comes to those who walk in faith. Get to the place where you have no doubt about the truth of John, 1 John 4, 4. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. To get to the place where we can find that victory requires that every child of God grow in the Lord. And we strengthen our walk with him daily through prayer and through the study of his word. Not trying to fight this battle again in our only earthly flesh and in our only earthly strength. But relying on what only Christ can give to us. But then fourthly, look with me at verse 10. Resist seeing with your eyes and look through his. And this is so important. Resist seeing with your eyes and look through his. One of the greatest incentives to walking in continuous victory is to be able to see the Lord at work around us. Notice three thoughts quickly here. First, the grace we now enjoy. While we journey through these difficult days, while we fight the devil day by day, while we face those times when we are burdened with worries and cares, always remember that God's grace is sufficient. Always. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he saith unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me how many of us need to hear that this morning that his his strength is made perfect in our weakness that it's not about us doing it on our own notice that he didn't say he didn't say that we would that he would lift every every load he, he didn't say that he would flatten every hill he didn't say that he would smooth out every rough spot however what he did say is that he would change you in the midst of the difficulty so that you could be successful in your walk with him there is grace for every trial for every valley of the soul for everything that we face through this life thank God for his matchless marvelous priceless boundless grace in the midst of the storm but also the grief we must endure verse 10 makes it plain that there will be difficulties along the road of life from time to time how many of you can say that you understand that truth that it's not going to be easy it's not going to be a smooth road every single day it's not going to be all sunshine and roses and we begin to understand that the word suffers bears this out for us. Jesus himself said that it would be like this. Even Job knew that there would be difficult times in our lives. God only had one son who did not sin, but he has no sons 
they do not suffer. Suffering is a part of this life. And let us remember that even when life is a veil of tears for us, that we have the Lord's promise of his presence, of his provision, of his power, of his promotion. Therefore, let us run with patience this race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Why? Because he has already run the race, and he knows the way to victory. I'm so thankful that he knows the way, that we don't have to know the way. Daniel runs cross-country, and uh, at races like we went to Lexington for the state um, meet this weekend, and oftentimes you get to the, these meets and you're able to, to run, the, uh, run the course before you ever have to race. And that way you kind of know where you're going. But uh, this weekend it had rained and they didn't want anybody on the course. And so you didn't know the way. But thankfully there is this guy on a four-wheeler who goes before you. And he shows the path and he shows the way. And so you don't have to worry. You just follow the one who, who knows the way, who already knows the path. That's who Jesus is. We don't necessarily know all the twists and the turns and the uphills and the downhills that are going to be before us. But he does. He's the author. He's the finisher. He, he, he already knows. So fo fo follow him and find victory. But also the glory we will experience. This verse tells us that when suffering days are over, there are glorious days ahead. Notice that the Lord tells his children here, he will make us perfect, establish us, strengthen us, and settle us. And when will that happen? When, when we, we leave this world, we're going to a land where things which trouble us now will not be allowed to enter. And I'm thankful for that. A place where the trials of the way and the tears of the way, he says, will all be wiped away forever. There won't be any of those things. A place where trials and burdens are replaced with glory and peace, a place where the devil cannot follow and where the Lord will be the light. We're going to a place where troubles and trials can no longer afflict the child of God. And I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to that glorious day. And because of that, I believe that we can resist in the power of Christ. I believe that we can resist all that's going on around us. And we can live the kind of life that Christ has called us to live. But are you willing this morning to join the resistance? Are you willing to live differently than the world around us? Ask yourself the following questions. And be honest. Am I surrendered to his will? Am I trusting him? Am I allowing him to fight my battles? Am I seeing the world through his eyes? This morning some of you can say, yes, I have joined the resistance, and I am fighting the battles the way Christ has called me to fight. Praise the Lord. Continue to pray the Lord will give you the strength day by day through him to do what he's called you to do. But some would have to say, no, I am not fighting in his strength in the way that he has called me to. No, I'm not. I want to, but I'm not doing it right now. I'm trying to do it in my own strength. I have a relationship with Christ, but I'm sure not living in it. But several of you would have to say that you're not fighting at all because you have no relationship with Jesus Christ 
at all this morning. And for you, I would say, I plead, I plead with you today that you turn to Christ, that you repent of your sin and you turn to Jesus. And when I say that, when I say repent of your sin, it's something that I had to do. It's something that anyone who has a relationship with Christ has to do. We have to recognize that we can't deal with our sin on our own. It's something only Jesus can do. And so this morning, if you recognize that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the first thing that you need to do is you need to say, Jesus, I know that I have sin in my life that, that only you can forgive. Lord, forgive me of my sin. And then place your faith in him to be the Lord of your life, to be in charge of every aspect of your life today. And he promises us that if we will do that, that we shall be saved. I invite you to do that this morning. I invite you to join the resistance. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We do thank you for the strength that only you can bring into our hearts and into our lives. Lord, I thank you that when we are weak in the flesh, Lord, that thankfully we have the Spirit who dwells within us. And Lord, that that is where the strength comes from. That's where the ability to, to fight comes from. That's where the ability to resist comes from. Not in and of ourselves. If we try to do that on our own, we will always fail. But if we will trust you, Lord, we will find victory. And so this morning I pray that you would give us just the ability to rest in you and trust in you and live daily in your strength and not our own. But Lord, this morning I recognize that I've got some friends right now that if they were to be honest, they'd have to say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And Lord, I, I know that if I ask them to raise their hand, they might not raise their hand, but in their heart right now, they're, they're raising their hand and they're saying, I, that's me. Lord, that's me. I know that I don't have a relationship with you. And so Lord, without the emotion, without, without all that surrounding it, Lord, I just pray that right now they might be really just gut level honest with themselves and they'd say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I sure would like to be saved. And that today, they would make a decision to turn away from sin and to turn to you. Lord, I pray that today that they might experience what it means to move away from death and into life, which is a relationship with you. And so, Lord, that's not something that their pastor can do. That's not something that a parent can do. That's not something a friend can do. That's something that only they can make a decision about. Only they can recognize that you're drawing them, and only they can surrender to you. So, Lord, I pray that that would happen this morning to your honor and to your glory. And so, Lord, help me to get out of the way. And, Lord, I pray the Spirit to move right now, and I pray for souls to be saved. I pray for decisions to be made to your honor and to your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.